the Next Level Loan Officers podcast. To learn more about Next Level Loan Officers, go to becomenl.com. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Next Level Loan Officers podcast. My name is Kellen Vaughn, coach and founder here at Next Level Community, and uh, we are honored to have you join us on our podcast today, the number one podcast for loan officers, by loan officers, anywhere in the universe, anywhere in the universe, you look, we're going to be it. So, hey, listen, also, if you're a loan officer and you're listening to this and you haven't checked out our brand new, shiny, next level community, jump on over to becomenl.com. Check it out. We're going to talk a little bit more about that today. But first, I'm joined in our uh, studios here with fellow coach and co-founder, Mr. Kenneth Travis. Kenneth, welcome. Hey, man. How are you, sir? I'm great. It's an honor to be here. I'm excited. This is a, uh, man, this is going to be a really good episode. If you're a loan officer and you're listening to this, I'm excited for you because there's going to be some really cool content. We've got an amazing guest joining us. Yes, yes we not, do. Not just you. I mean, you're you're here, which is awesome in and of itself. But uh, I'm good enough, but, but yes. our, our guest today is substantially better. So uh, our good friend, Deborah Bird, um, with Plug and Play SM. Now, SIM stands for social media for some of you that are thinking sexy mama. Nope. Social Dude, media. I love that. Sexy Pretty mama. <laughs> That's going to be a new one. <laughs> you can always count on me, Deb, to come up with like sexy mama. Something. Count on Ken, inappropriate, crossing the line. He's your man for that. <laughs> well, you know, my initials are DB. And you know what my, when I used to teach middle school, you know what the students over time, they're like, you know what DB is? Mm. Do you know, are you? putting it Go together. I, I don't know if I can say it on the podcast, but they're like, you know, douchebag. I'm like, what? Douchebag. Yeah. Like, great. Thanks. I'm, that's what you get when you work with seventh and eighth graders. So that's yeah. right. Well, now yeah. when we, now when we launch the podcast, there's going to be a little explicit, the E is going to appear. Sorry. Right so no, that's all right. We're good. But yeah, Deborah, yeah. man, thank you for joining us today. Yeah. And, and, uh, you were able to come to, um, our live event, which here in the Dallas Fort Worth area recently, and uh, it was great to connect with you. And and uh, you do a ton of stuff for loan officers. So we always ask anybody who comes on our podcast, like, give us the back of the baseball card, right? Give us your yeah. stat, kind of tell us what you do in the mortgage industry and uh, and who you are in this business. Well, so I feel like I always need to kind of explain because it's, it's taken me a while to learn what my genius zone is, or, or I guess grow up. So I started off as a middle school science teacher and coach, and a lot of people knew me as the mortgage nerd. So Denise Donahue, that is my identical twin. Sometimes people see me, they're like, gosh, you really look like someone and you even sound like someone that I've seen on social. So just to clarify, um, she is my identical twin. And so I was, I was pregnant with my third child and uh, my husband was a teacher and a coach as well. And she was like, you know, you know, I was obviously thinking of a career change because I'm thinking two teachers. We have three kids. They were all three and under. We got to do something different. But I didn't know what that would be. And so that's how I got into the mortgage business. Wasn't maybe for the right reasons. It was to earn more. But my sister said, you know, out of all my referral sources, you send me the most closed deals. Like that's why she was like, I really think you would be great at this. You could start with business development, really learn the industry. Cause like you guys know, it's, 
unless you have repetition with all the different loan programs and products, it, it, it can be a lot. And I did make a lot of mistakes. There were a few right before closings where I was like, oh, I forgot to put in MI. Now the DTI doesn't work. But anyways, so I joined her team in 2013 and just really learned from the ground up. I never started at a big box bank, which I think was almost to my advantage because she could really mold me exactly how she wanted me to be as her first production partner. So we grew the brand, grew the team, really learned how to you know extrapolate leads off of loan apps. And long story short, as I was helping her and we were developing other loan officers in the branch or writing out CRMs, I was like, you know, I just don't love analyzing tax returns and doing that part of the business. Like if I could just be. That's weird, Deborah. Cause yeah. That's my yeah. favorite part. Yeah. No, I'm like, I'm the, the relationship person, the content creator. And at the time, you know, 2013, that was right when social was going on mobile on the mm. iPhone. And so it wasn't like what it is today where obviously that's kind of how her team setup is now, but you know, if I got a Schedule C tax returns with multiple Schedule E's, I was like, oh my God, this is just not the best use of my skills. And so I was networking with different divorce attorneys because I also had gotten like every possible certification. Like if there's a certification for a lender, I, I'm probably addicted to learning. Um, so I'd, I'd gotten my certification in divorce lending, also certified mortgage planner, all of, the, all of those things. And I had networked with this divorce attorney and she was like, you know, I really need a chief of marketing and sales. And so I thought, hmm, maybe I should dabble in that. I don't know if mortgage is really my thing. I loved being on the marketing side. So I'd gone and worked for a family law firm, which was probably the best thing I could have done because I really saw inside of the firm how that works, how you could approach divorce attorneys, what doesn't work. And I I, I wore many hats. I ended up being her CEO the last year I was there and I was building my marketing business on the side because what I did find is even as I worked my way up in corporate in mortgage, you know, every loan officer says they want social media support, but then we would create social media and you would have people who still didn't use it, or you would then have the bigger hitters that wanted their own personal branding. So then you have to, you know, deal with compliance and DBAs. And, and so that's when I was like, this is, this is a huge need because even Denise and I, we knew the law of leverage. Like we, we understood you could leverage out a company to help you create content and post it on your behalf. But it was almost like it created another job for ourselves because they didn't get the lingo, you know, like they could look at analytics and find certain words, but it's different when you're a practitioner and you're writing captions that actually resonate because you're in the business. So I was building that on the side and I was doing it for her, but not for other loan officers. So I would, I would do it for her real estate agents and schedule out their posts and help them with marketing. And that's really how she gained a lot of referral partners is solving the agent's biggest problem in their business, which is leads and marketing. And so once I could replace my income that I was earning at the law firm, I then just burned the boats and was like, you know what, I'm going to go all in and I'm just going to do social media marketing for loan originators and really connect, just be the connector again to families who need great advice to the loan officers who actually care to give it, but also having to be the loan officer's biggest cheerleader sometimes because it's nerve wracking to hit the record button and go live or go on social because you also get feedback and it's not always positive. So that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. What I'm learning here, Kellen, is that Deborah's the female version of KT. 
Yeah. Right. Yes. It comes to not getting stuck in the minutia of tax returns and wanting to, and I'm the, I'm the same way. I'm kind of like the marketing guy that one likes to be out there, you know, can can develop relationships, but just doesn't want to have to do the the detailed work. So, yeah. uh, so I think that's a I think that's an amazing. You know what? And that's what loan officers should all be doing. It's it's easy. You know, the uh, to me the the actual loan programs, the knowledge we have about structuring a loan. Everyone should know that, right? Mm-hmm. The challenge that loan officers have is getting more deals in the door and knowing how to be a personality um, or a, like, have, have a, a certain level of likability or right. even just have a level of, you know, your own DNA, but just out there buying brain cells on free platforms. Like it blows yeah. my mind that people yeah. don't take advantage of these things uh, that are available to them for free, right? right. Other than a little content and time. Right. You know, what's interesting is, and, and we deal with this all the time on the coaching world, is people would almost rather fail than stand in front of a video camera, right? I like know. that's how adverse some of these loan officers are to doing any kind of video, social media. We can sit there and say all day, if you do this, if you go out and create this content and shoot this video or post this reel or do whatever, we guarantee you. We guarantee you, you'll get more deals. You'll get more business. Yeah. They'd rather, and I'm not, and I'm rather fail than just not, you know, than just not do it. So Deborah, my, that would be a question that I would have. Like, how do you, like, if you're speaking, there's loan officers out there listening to this and they're like, mm-hmm. man, I'm in that boat, right? Like I would rather chew broken glass than stand in front of a video camera and shoot content. What do you say to somebody like that who might come to you and use your services? How do you, how do they overcome that? Well, and not that everyone should be on video. So I think that's where you have to really mm. know your strengths. If it's not a strength of yours, and let's face it, loan officers, like back in the day, if you looked at a disc profile, you were probably more high C, very compliant. And it was the real estate agent that was always the high I, big personality, extrovert, you know, people person. But there's really been a shift. And so I think that's the hardest part for some loan officers who've just They want to do it the way that they've always done it. And they're wondering why there's younger loan officers who are now taking market share during the market shift. And that is something I will say is a pattern and kind of a theme that I'm seeing from all the accounts that I run is that's the beauty of a market shift is there's opportunity and there's going to be the ones who take market share. And those are the ones who are visible. And then there's the ones who are hiding. So if you are someone listening that you just it's never going to happen, then you need a Kenneth on your team. You need somebody Mm. who is going to be that person who can be the face or the persona or the brand. Or what I challenge my clients to do is to create little challenges or different, I call it gram worthy moments in your loan manufacturing process, where if you're taking that loan app and you know, let's say a little bit of the background of the borrower is, you know, they were a renter and they have a dog and they're so excited because they they were hopeful they could find a home where the dog could run in the backyard. And they really made that a point, or maybe they were expecting for the first time, whatever it is. Then ask them once they close, like, Hey, we've been on this journey with you. Obviously we haven't been able to go look at the homes, but we would love just to show the team. And you can say the processors, the closers, the funders, whomever, but I would love it if you could send us a video of your dog running through that backyard for the very first time. Backyard doesn't have to be perfect. It may not have even been mowed, but those are the moments that we like to see and we collect them and we do like an end of year, you know, video, whatever. And we also post it on social, but you can have user generated content. It's called UCG. 
and you just leverage your clients' experiences to be on social. So there's two different workarounds you could do. Either find someone to be the personality and your relationship, your business development person. Or, especially if you're the one that's really good at the nuts and bolts, like putting the loan deals together, That obviously that wasn't my strengths. Um, or you can also be coached up. Like if it's something that you want to do and you think you could get good at it because we're, we're also our own worst critic. Right. And so sometimes you disqualify yourselves and I'm like, no, <laughs> you'd actually be great. You just got to let go a little bit. And I will say that's the one constant I tell people is I just want you to value your opinion more than other people's because what you know, and I don't care if there's a doctor, an attorney, an engineer, like, look, I worked with the best attorneys and they didn't know what an old tealing was. They didn't know that there was finance of America so that people didn't have to move twice and they could still buy a home. And, you know, so like little things that you would think these sure. really smart people would know, they don't know. Yeah, that's a great point. But you are going to have the yeah butters. I always say there's like I had a client post a video that, you know, they were doing it was a real and it was talking about three and a half percent down for FHA. And you always have that loan officer. It's like, yeah, but you can technically do five or 10% down with a 500 credit score. And it's like, yeah, but hmm. you have to have extenuating circumstances. And that's not really what we're trying to market here. So you've got to get over the haters. You're always going to have them, the critics. And, you know, they could tell you something and you learn from it. Like I've sure. made a certain post before and I've had to be corrected. And I'm like, dude, I didn't know that. So you just got to be at peace with the process and the journey of improving and getting over approval of other people. Yeah. I love that. You know, I, it's funny that you should say some of those things because like, you know, Mythbuster, <laughs> I do get anxiety when I get in front of a camera and people say that there's no way Kenneth. And I'm like, I'm telling you, like, I still get this level of anxiety um, because people will say, you know, nobody loved KT more than KT. And there's some truth to that. Right. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but the reality is, is, uh, you know, I have this, you know, the self-talk that's negative sometimes that even tells me, um, you know, I have a lady voice, right? I have like a lady voice and I know I have a lady voice. I just went through the drive-thru. I tell this story all the time. I go through drive-thrus and I make an order and they're like, yes, ma'am, please pull around. I was literally on the phone with uh, Sirius XM radio um, uh, renewing my subscription. And the person on the other end was just like, Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. The entire time. I even deepened my voice and it didn't help. Yeah, so. we actually, if you're listening to this podcast, we have in our post edit, we actually deepen your voice so that uh, yeah, yeah, make yeah, sure yeah. that, yeah. yeah I hear you. But you know what's crazy? That's never crossed my mind. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. And, and shocking, Deborah. That's shocking. No. <laughs> and the reason why I'm here today is because I have followed you, Kenneth, for a long time. And I felt yeah. like you have a very magnetic personality in the way that you present on social. I felt like I already knew you, which all right, Deborah, listen, listen, you go listen. This is not what this podcast is about. And and he'll give, it real. he'll give you 10 minutes to stop. So all right. But but you bring up a good point because I think some one of the things that we talk about at Next Level is it like my less than perfect social media post is better than your non-existing social media post. Right. So touch on that for just a second. Like and I almost think like nowadays, the genuine, not perfect yeah. post that's got a blooper or two is way better than the like perfectly stiff, you know, whether that's yeah. whether you're writing or whether you're uh, doing video or whatever thoughts. So 
I'm, I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to studying psychology and just behavioral design and be- behavioral economics. And so I really go deeper into the why of that. Cause you got to, I mean, I look at data and numbers all day long to try to figure out why people do what they do and what influences decisions and just little tweaks of design or word choice can go a long way. So what I have concluded is, you know, when, when TikTok came about, And what people don't realize is TikTok has changed the game of the habitual human behavior of how they consume content now. There's a reason why people were getting off of the other platforms. And fun fact, as of last week, TikTok just passed Google with the number of website visits in a day. So that's huge. And I just want people, even if if you still think that TikTok is just for the kids and people who are dancing, it's not. But regardless, it's changed the way people want to receive content. And it's, it goes back from just kind of the evolution of marketing and how, you know, when there weren't agencies involved, people are tired of the bold headlines. That's the whole bait and switch, like lose 50 pounds in two minutes by taking this pill. Yet it was like snake oil in the pill and there were never any consequences. And so, and then you had ads and banner ads, and then you had social that could become on mobile phones. And, and as soon as, it became where I can't speak around my phone without seeing an ad or the amount of distrust just in America because of COVID and elections. People just don't want the bullshit anymore. They they don't. And so the less productionized at times, it makes it feel from a delivery standpoint, less like selling. Like the moment it feels like you're marketing, then that's not good. It yeah. needs to feel as if this was something that you just got on the camera and you wanted to share. Now, I will say there's a fine line between, you know, you still need to have good production, although that's the least of my concern of your video and, you know, mic quality and sound, all of that. It, it's more of what what is the content? Like, what is the meat? Is it valuable? Because that the machine learning and the AI is so TikTok has it down the best. I think that's why they also get a lot of the viewers is because the suggested content that they're sending you is really based off what you're interested in. Sure. So, you know, when you think about how many people are actually interested in mortgage and if that's all that you're talking about, the pool is very small. So if you're frustrated with your numbers and if you're too focused on the vanity metrics, you're going to get disappointed. But I can tell you done is better than perfect. And the more you give yourself permission to be imperfect. What you don't realize is that becomes a gift to your audience where they don't have to be perfect. And let's face it. Do you think today's buyers have some imperfections? If they're buying right now, could there be credit challenges? Could there be financial challenges? And so that's really ego that gets in the way. And my, my sign that I tell people is if you take E out of ego and just go, If you're thinking about yourself, that's ego. If you're worried about how you look, you're worried about how you sound, you're making it about you. And every piece of content should be about your people you're serving. So if you make it about them, and if your intentions are pure, like you're literally just sharing to maybe put a smile on someone's face, to help them make a better financial decision, whatever it may be, if the motive is pure, there's no guilt or ego that gets in the way. So remember that, remove the E and just go. Yep. I love it. I also love done is better than perfect. Yeah. Like the title of our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. Well, and I, so I also loan officers will hire me to come speak to a room full of real estate agents, which who knew that that would be like, now I have all these agents that are always friend requesting me and following mm-hmm. me. And I'm like, 
damn, who would have thought it would, would have been that easy? I should have reversed that back when I was originating. But um, I'm trying to remember where I was going to go with that now. I don't remember. I just lost my train of thought. It happens to Kellen all the time. Daily. Daily. So. Well, oh, that, that's what I was going to say is um, I will lead with, are you using social media or are mm-hmm. you allowing social media to use you? And mm-hmm. I will tell them, show me your, your photo album in your phone right now. I can tell you six posts you could pull out in the last seven days. You're mm-hmm. creating content. You're just not posting it. And then when they tell me they don't have time for social media, I say, okay, get out your phone. Let's look at your screen time. Let's look at how much time you're consuming on these platforms and not producing. So don't tell me you don't have time because if you don't have time, then you don't have a schedule or a plan and you don't value your time. So you can't blame time, (laughs) you know? So that would be my other challenge to you all listening is you're probably already creating content. You're just not posting it. So we got to get to the root of that, of why, what are you scared of? And not having a like, not having a comment, like who cares? <laughs> Cause it does take consistency and time. And that is the, the big dogs in this industry. Cause I work with a lot of them. This is when they double down on content creation. And when I went to y'all's event and Kenneth was showing me what y'all provide for your coaching clients with your social, I'm like, dude, you're gonna put me out of business. Like that's, this is a lot of what we saw for people and you guys charge a hell of a lot less than we do. So you guys are already helping them of exactly what to do every single day. It's like, you just got to build in your schedule and do if you want it bad enough. Otherwise continue being a secret LO and just see how that works. Yeah. Love it. Love it. You know, you just mentioned it and, and we were talking about it kind of <clears throat> off the air uh, right before we came on here, but we were just talking about the, the state of the business. And, you know, I made the comment that it's double down time for loan officers, right? So those of us, and even me, Ken has been in um, a, a much, well, he's much older than I am, but much longer in the business than me. Um, I've been in, I missed the 08 um, fund, but I came in right after. So I've ridden through a few of these cycles and the lesson learned and, you know, the the battle wounds that are still there were always, hey, this is not the time to retreat. This is not the time to bury your head in the sand. This is This is really legacy building time. Because mm-hmm. the sun's going to come up tomorrow. People are going to keep buying homes. People are going to continue to need mortgages. And we're going to let some fall to the way, you know, we're going to let some loan officers fall to the wayside, but that's just more for everybody that's <laughs> remaining. So what are you advising right now? So we can speak specifically to mm-hmm. social media. Where should, what should loan officers be doing? Like if we were in our final minutes here, kind of wrapping up with like, mm-hmm. a, if you're not doing this now, start today kind of a thing? Well, I'm always going to go with the short form video content. I mean, the 30 seconds or less or 60 seconds or less, but that micro where you're holding the phone vertically and you're, you've got to do that at least once a day, at least once a day. But I will also say a big miss where it really doesn't matter how great your content is. If you're not using social media to engage Meaning like I helped create a planner with win by noon where there's actual, I don't know if you can see this and I know Mm -hmm. people listening won't be able to, but there's a social media edition where you have to make 20 direct messages a day, like 20 story messages. Cause that's where the conversion happens guys is in the DMS. Mm -hmm. And when you comment on someone's story, even if it's like of a landscape, it's like, Oh, that's, you know, awesome view it goes into their DMS and then you can create conversation. And when you create more conversations is when you get more DMS. 
I also tell them you have to make 20 comments on your priority partner, priority partners that you serve. So whoever's sending you business right now, trust me, if you're wondering how many likes and comments you're getting on your post, you need to be giving those out. So there's like, literally, I made check boxes where they mark yeah. it off. And you can set up your feeds, by the way, where you have favorites. So you can be very intentional with your time because I do get, it can be like, it'll be 4am and I'm like, I'm still on TikTok and I, my alarm goes off in two hours. It can take you down a dark hole. So mm -hmm. I want you to be intentional and you can set up your feeds where you go to favorites and you're doing 20 comments on posts, 20 likes and 20 direct messages every single day. And you're just using social as an extension to your database. And the people who are getting deals right now are typically from even real estate agents tell me this. It's people in their database yeah. because the buyers, they, they're just pushing pause. It's, it's right. kind of like when COVID came, they're going to be back. They're yeah. going to be buying. Yeah. So what are you doing to double down on your database? And are you using social as an extension where maybe you need to go back and look at, okay, who closed in September? One, did we get five-star reviews from every single closing? Mm -hmm. Did we get a referral from every single closing? Because everybody that closes, there should be at least one referral. So you're stacking your pipeline. Yeah. And then did we add them to our social outlets? It's great. So, that, so that's what I would say is you got to double down on the short form vertical video content. Like it, it's got to be at least one a day. And that means a Instagram reel, a Facebook reel, YouTube short, TikTok. If it's 30 seconds and less, it can go on Google My Business, which you need to be on. Mm. Um, and I have a, a scheduling tool that I sell. I don't know if you guys have something like this or not, but literally one click, you guys, there's tools contact me if you need one and you, you drag and drop your content and that one action will then be multiplied on all platforms. And it has built in AI to read when is your audience most active based off the type of post you've made. And it will automatically go out for you with hashtags and all of that. Um, so it can be like one and done because I'm all about one timing. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, I got to, we got to wrap this up. I got some shorts to go. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was amazing. So if someone wanted to reach out to you, uh, Deborah, how would they How would they do that? Uh, so you can, you know, follow me on Instagram, plug and play underscore SM, or you can email marketing at plug and play and you spell out the and plug and play SM.com. Okay. All right. You left the SM off. Plug and play SM.com. Yeah. Okay. There you go. All right. Good to get it. <laughs> <laughs> party in. Uh, Kellen, I think that's a wrap, brother. Uh, I did not know until this episode that you were younger than me, bro. Like that's it, correct. Yes. yes. Many so, years. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. What is the age difference? Oh, we don't, we, Deborah, we don't, oh. we don't want to embarrass like anybody. 12 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, several years, Deborah, several years. <laughs> well, stay tuned. Listen, if you want to know my age and Ken's age and compare, you can join us on the next podcast. We'll cover that and more, I'm sure, then. Uh, Deborah, thank you so much. What an honor to have you in our studio. And uh, thanks for coming to our event the other week uh, here in Dallas Fort Worth. And we appreciate you being here and uh, your contributions to our fellow loan officers. So thank you for that. And uh, as always, if you want to like watch this podcast rather than just listen to it, check us out over on our YouTube channel at Next Level Loan Officers. You can see this podcast as well as all of our podcasts over there. And we will have another one out for you next week as well. Take care, everybody. See ya.